0: how we all are are making up stories in our head or we're building stories around our lives or we're constructing our life and our relationships and everything around us as a story. So whether you are aware of it or not, we're all telling stories. And I really, 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 I, I feel like I need to reiterate this because some of our stories are not true. They're not true to where we are they're not true to what we're hearing they're not true to our standing in god and what does that mean if they're not true stories they're fiction but we try to say oh it's just a white lies just a little bit but just a little bit of fiction is a whole lie fiction is just a sweet word so we want to deal with the lies And we want to make sure we're walking in the truth. And again, I always share with you, whatever you spend your time with, that's what you're becoming. Doesn't matter if you're just living life and not investing in anything that has to do with God. And I'm not talking about just the morning devotion. I mean, throughout the day, we should be building where our lives should be. You know, it's a lifestyle, not just a, a just something we're doing right? So we're not going to go through that entire teaching, but we want truth in our inward parts. We want truth, listen, in the places he knit together in secret. That part is very important today with where we're going because that secret place can sometimes become suppressed by the cares of this world and the things that happen to us, right? And the things that we do, right? We can't just spend our lives healing from what was done. We have to also heal from what we have done. And we have to walk in the truth of that as well. So lies, 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 (laughs) lies. You know, they have to come down. They have to come down. And I believe God is going to be dealing with us with this forever. Every single day, every moment of every day. I want truth in my inner parts. I want truth in every cell of my body. I want truth. So what have we created created in this world of storytelling? Remember I asked you that last week? Is it realism or a fantasy world? What have we told ourselves about ourselves? Is it truth? Is it a family myth, a personal myth, or is it a lie? What have we told ourselves? What have we told ourselves? What does the Lord say or has said? Because sometimes we walk around claiming titles, claiming positions, claiming positions in the spirit, claiming identities that, are, that just doesn't match our life. Can you accept correction in those areas? Can you? Because I'm here to tell you that there are some right here with us today that are living in a fantasy world concerning their own identity and their own purpose. It's a fantasy. It's not real. The investment in the realm of the spirit doesn't match where you claim you are. Are you following me? it, it, there's no time in God. There's no emotional maturity. There's no understanding the place of rest. When things don't go right, you don't have to know how to move out of problems without a breakdown If something doesn't go your way. You're on your knees. I mean, my God, we have to figure out where we really are. Every disappointment should not bring us to a crisis. It doesn't. What does the Lord say or has said, and where did the world we created come from? Now, that is the thing that I think is very, very important in this hour. Where did this world come from? Are we liars? Are we liars? So when we're liars, we're really living beneath our potential, right? If we're we're not in truth, We're not maximizing everything for us, not 50 years from now, but right now. So the question that I've been asking myself a lot lately, and I'm going to challenge you to ask yourself this question, am I living in truth in this moment? Because that's about all any of us can give, right? Is one moment to the next, because the scripture tells us that tomorrow is not promised. And that truth is not just truth of what you believe. But truth of where you personally are. Let's do a real quick inventory. How much of your time is consumed in the word. I'm always in the word. I'm just saying. How much of your time, or how much of your time is scrolling TikTok for the latest celebrity gossip? Be real, because if that's 80 percent and the rest is like zero to three, then you're not in reality. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm using that as an example, but it's many things you could put in that spot. You know, people all, God is shifting me. God never shifts you out of your purpose. So if you're not doing the ministry God gave you, you're in delusion. Because those things are in season or out of season, favorable or, or unfavorable. Doesn't matter whether it's storming outside or whether the sun is shining. It doesn't matter whether you're in your oasis or living in your desert. It does not matter. So if you break down and contort for those situations, you're probably not where you think you are. Social media is leading us so profoundly in this hour, but it's the day of the scribe. I mean, you know, except that's the perverted version. We have to look at these things. We have, what what am I consumed about? Every morning I get up, I hear God. And I go where he leads me before I get out of bed. It's not a matter of do I have time. I must make time. That's the most important moment of my day. Oh, my God, I'm becoming reacquainted with my own worship. Are you? Because when we're talking about um, living, this, this living in ink, we're talking about this kind of lifestyle. Don't play the fool in your own life. So we're moving on to just this next part here. And we're going to start with Hebrews 10, 5 through 17. I'm just going to read it. Um, I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to read it. And we're going to get to the scripture that's underlined in a minute for the law, having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things can never, can, can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect for then who would they have, who would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins. You're probably asking what in the world this has to do with it. But Paul is clarifying um, what it is to live in the spirit versus what it is to live under the law. So that's what we're looking at. And we're going to build on that as we move forward. Okay? So, but in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take this away. Christ's death fulfills God's will. Therefore, well, that shouldn't have been there, but therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have no pleasure. But I want to stop there because basically what this passage is saying is this it's real, real, real simple. God doesn't want your actions. He wants what's in your heart. All of it. He wants everything unclean and everything ugly laid bare before him, but he also wants to draw out what is good. Are you following me? So you showing up is not helping you if your heart is not in the right place. You looking holy has no consequence if the spiritual life is not lining up With the hope of glory. Right? So we can't keep giving God goats and bulls. We can't. I think that's really interesting. If you understand the bull and the goat. (laughs) And you see the sacrifice. Thank you. So it says. In verse 7. He said. Then I said. Behold. I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. We're going to repeat that together. Then I said, in the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O Lord, Lord, O God. So do you believe you have a volume? I said a volume, not a page. Does it look like Jesus? Does it look like Jesus' story playing out? I'm not just talking about him rescuing you. We're not talking about the selfish aspect right now. Not what he's done for me. Are you living the book that mirrors his life? This is where we're at with this. It's not about you just winning, winning, winning. Look, the apostles were winning. But look at how they died. How can you win like that, but not look like we look today? That's the sacrifice that must come out of this. Now we can look good and we can soar and we can win, but it's that part. It's that part. God has to be a priority. So I want to just look at a few scriptures um, that I love. Psalm 139 and 16. Look at me. and when I, Not look at me, but look at this. Psalm 139, 16. I saw my unformed substance in your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me. Now, theologians use this passage to argue predestination and not predestination. That's irrelevant to this passage of scripture in this moment. Because even if God writes out the book, we can at any moment change direction. Are you following me? Look, we—I I can as a parent, I laid it all out, right? But at the end of the day, the choice is up to the adult child. Are you following me? Remember you. All the great advice, all the insight, all the prayers. But here you go making the ultimate decision because that's what, what you wanted. Now your whole life is a result of consequences you made. From those decisions, right? Is God to blame? Even though he wrote out all the book? Uh -uh, I don't hear that. I need to hear you say it. Is God responsible for your crappy life? Is God responsible for things not working out for you? We need to know that. We need to know that, and we need to know how to turn that rudder. You know what I mean? We need to know how to do that. But it says, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. We have volumes concerning us. How sad it is that so many of us never open the book. We get happy at in the beginning. I'm saved. That's your in the beginning. And you never get to the end. All you have is in the beginning and the end. That's scary. Can we just think about that for a moment? Oh, my God. We have to have a moment of silence for our dead life sometimes. Because it is dead. You just don't know it. Psalm 56 and 8. You have kept count of my tossings. In, our, in other words, my hardships, my pain, my suffering. Listen, the Lord told me once years, years ago when I was healing from a lot of things. And I was like, God, you know, why did this happen? And the Lord said, I didn't do it. But you know what that meant to me? Oh, my God. Everybody has a choice. Everybody has decisions that they make. And and believe it or not, the decisions people make impact everybody in that line of fire. None of us can escape it. Think about that. Parents make decisions. I had a, a relative, and I don't mind sharing it, that tried to use my child's credit. I went nuts. Tried to get my child to sign for an apartment. A car, credit cards came in the mail and I cut them up one by one and made a visit. Yeah, exactly. We're not having this. I'm like, are you, but the consequence. And you're an innocent bystander and this is what's happening concerning you. My God, you have kept count of my tossings. I don't like that translation. You put my tears in your bottle. And listen, are they not in your book? Lo, I come in the volume of the book that is written of me. I come, come forth, Teresa, come forth. Are you following me? This is the book. There's no excuse for us not to continue. Are we good? But how dare we not get past salvation? Well, a lot of things going on and you're missing God and it doesn't even matter to you. Malachi 3.16. Oh my God. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. Listen, I have friends who fear the Lord. There's power there. Those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention. When we're conversing with goats, we cannot expect God to hear us. Too many goat conversations. And the old covenant calls that foolery. You spend all your time talking about the things of the world. Instead of pondering the things of God. There's space for everything. You know, I'm not double minded. I don't live over here one day and over there. next. I enjoy life, but in line. Look, some of y'all in denial about where you really are. I'm talking to the conservatory online and here. Those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. Not only do you have your own volume, but you're in an anthology. Y'all don't seem happy about that. The apostles are a part of a, a, a tremendous anthology. They are. It's an elite anthology. There is no other anthology on the planet that can move a man's heart, change a whole nation and cause wars. But we don't even fill our mouths with it. Ezekiel said, eat the scroll. I don't have time. Well, in the beginning, the end. (laughs) my God. Those who feared the Lord spoke with God. (laughs) I mean, you guys think about that. God is listening to what you say about him. And when he sees one of high faith, the centurion's letter is in the Holy Bible. Revelations 20 and 12. Oh my God. Rahab's letter is in the book. Just. Revelations 20 and 12. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Books, books were open. Then another book was opened. We see this in Daniel too, right? Yeah. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in it. Listen. The dead were judged because their name wasn't in there. God wasn't reading from the book for him. He was letting them know you have no story. You have no volume. I cannot find you. You're not in here. That's how they're judged. God didn't having any conversations about these people. That's not his way. not in the book so when the book was open they weren't there (laughs) but according to what they had done nothing are you following the book of life is for the living not the dead And I saw the dead. <laughs> mm, we see dead people for real. <laughs> and I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Then another book was opened, and another book, which is the book of life. And the dead was judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. There was nothing there. You know, the book of Revelation talks about um, an eternal witness and it talks about the day when um, the Holy Spirit will no longer dwell with men. I don't know if we pay attention to that, but everything that we do has a documenter and a recorder in these temples and in the earth. That's the spirit reporting. Listen, I've talked about living ink a lot, but I've never taught it in the way I'm considering it today. And, um, we have to, when this, when Paul said, these were Paul's words, we, we know it's the word of God too, but when Paul said we are living epistles and we'll get to that in a minute, he understood some things, but he also pictured us as the letters sent into the earth, handwritten by God, because we come the volume of the book written for us. Yes. Most of us will never have blank pages, but we will have endless busybody activity. We will have unprofitable things. I don't want to be the wood hay stubble side. There's I want one of them crowns. The book is full of discourse about diadems. and crowns and scepters. Oh, my God. How are you going to forsake all of that to be cute, to be rich, to be popular? Oh, my God. (laughs) Jesus said, you already have your reward. Enjoy it in the earth while you can because I have nothing for you. Say, I am living ink. I am living ink. I am 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 living ink. And I am coming. And the volume of the book book that is written for me me to do your will, will, O God. God. Hebrews 10, we're going to continue. Previously saying, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and offerings of sin that you did not desire, nor had any pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. And then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. You see that being repeated? He takes away the first, oh my God, that means he may establish the second. My interpretation of that for today is that he takes away all the outer appearance so that he can establish truth in our hearts. By that we will have been sanctified, do you hear it? Through the offering of the body of Jesus once and for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, and from that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. So our, our high places will make every broken place in us a footstool. Can I tell you that I'm running toward my enemies right now? The greatest one is me. Are you following? We should be in that posture every single day. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Do you hear that? As I pursue him, as I deal with myself, what does this say? He is perfecting me. But he can't do it if we live in a false story, a lie. I want you to hate being a liar. Being a liar, as we said last week, is not just about telling lies and being untrue. It's about living lies. That part that very few Christians want to embrace. I am a liar, God. Heal me. I live in delusion, God. Heal me. You might need to do that privately, but it needs to be done. Before God has to send somebody to tell you but the holy spirit also witnesses to us for after he had said before I sure hope I put that in there this is the covenant that will make them that i will make with them after those days says the lord i will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds i will write them ink blood dipped ink And he's writing them in our mind where all the delusions and all the falsities exist. He's written a book for you, but listen, guess what he's doing? He is putting erasers on things and correcting them as we go. Gosh, did you see this book? In the beginning, saved. Believing. If I continue, he's erasing, writing, erasing, writing, erasing, writing, erasing, writing. The tears in the bottle now. They know I know what they've been through. They know what I've been. Erasing, 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 writing, rewriting. Back to the original story of you. Mm. God is rewriting us. He's telling his story again simply based on our response. Not these rules and regulations, but the response of our hearts. All you have to do is respond. Can these dry bones live? If you say yes, they can. But magic ain't going to take care of it if you live in a lie. Oh, my God. And in their minds, I will write them. then he adds, listen, then he says, my sin, their sins I will remember no more. But the rewriting has to be in process. You're still dead if it's not. Now, where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering of sin. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to now see you see this right here that we love saying? Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He consecrated for us through the veil, that is, His flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I could get up here and I could give you a list of rituals, but that's just the burnt offerings. That's goats and bulls. The real release and the real change is in you seeing the truth of yourself. My God, the Lord wants us to see. He consecrated for us through the veil. Well, I got a whole story about why I don't wear those shawls on my head. And the scriptures, that's that's goats and bulls. But that's another day. (laughs) Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Now listen, now you see why we assemble? It's not just go to church. It's stay sober-minded. is stay connected in the right stream because outside of that, even the elect can be misled if you're not staying under the word. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves as is the matter of some. (laughs) He had to put that in there but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. For me, the day is the moment that you realize you're off path and that if you don't correct, you're going to be blotted out like Abimelech. Your name is going to be removed. You know, the, uh, you know and, and when I teach on angels, I teach about them solely from the scribal perspective. They are the scribes of God in the heavenly realm. They're the keeper of the libraries. They're the keepers of the book of life, the book of remembrance, the the book of wars. they're, They're the keepers of those things. But there's this one angel in the dream I had. I can't profess to this anywhere else. This is my dream. Take it for what it is. But in the dream that I had um, when I was studying, when the Lord started speaking to me about angels and writing about them in the scribal realm, I saw this endless library. And I think the library had no beginning and no end, no east and no west. As far as I could turn, there was just a library, and I was taken to my shelf. I looked, and I saw books books after books after books after books after books on the scribe. Then I saw books of my life, and a lot of them had blank pages. And I was like, why, God, are these pages blanks? And he said, no, they're not blank. They're not blank. They're blank to you because you have choices and decisions to make. I talk about this in my dreams book, part of it. Mm, I'm telling you today, you can't keep putting off God. You're going to wake up and be 80 with no time left to do anything but praise him and thank him for getting in. Why would I live this whole life and not enjoy it with him? Why would I not be able to taste and see that God is good? Why would I live my life just trying to get something here that has no long term profit of me? This is why Teresa will never get a butt lift. (laughs) I fix. I mean, I'm going to age. Nothing I do can make me do anything but look like a clown when I'm 80. <laughs> okay, God forgive me. <laughs> I had to put a joke in there, we had to break it up. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. I'm just going to stop at that assembling of ourselves together because we have, listen, and, I, and so I, I grew up on a farm. I grew up, so I learned a lot about chickens, turkeys, quails, pigeons, chicken hawks. They all have a predatory structure. The chicken hawk, my dad would sit on the porch with a, with a rifle across his, his, his legs, watching the chicken hawk circle and find the weakest link. Just as the chicken hawk swooped down to get the chicken, my dad would just do this, pop, pop him right out the sky. And I also learned how um, the turkeys, as big as they are, were the dumbest bird that we had. It would rain, and they would drown in puddles. I would have to run outside and get the turkey out the puddle. Big old turkey fell over in a puddle. I'm, I'm just, I'm just making a point. I'm not lying. If y'all grew up on the point. <laughs> and you know the chickens were something else. They remind me of dogs. Um, there are, we had these chickens called um, banner, banner hens and banner roosters. It was just this breed. Go look them up. It's very interesting. So these these roosters tended to run small in size i mean like you have you seen the big cockadoodle rooster so we had some of those too look i know how to do the movements <laughs> but this particular rooster um had and so the the competition in the chicken yard was who can get the most hens. i mean that's just they're wiring they're made like that nothing's wrong with it and so but you have to know that you can dominate And so they had these, what we called um, spurs on the back of the, the the roosters had spurs. I've been chased down by them. I've had to fight off roosters. And they ended up in the pot that night for dinner because my dad would cook them. (laughs) So I thought it was very interesting that there were chickens in the chicken yard with all these feathers pecked off. They didn't have feathers on their head. Their crown was gone. They didn't have feathers on the back of their butt and everybody, all the other chickens would attack them. And I was wondering, why are all these chickens beating up on this chicken? And why is this little banner rooster ruling the big roosters? One day, my dad and I were outside and we were just watching the roosters and he was like, look at how that rooster rule everybody. Look at how they lead everybody. And all that rooster over there wants to do is fight. I hope you guys are hearing. That rooster animals are not dumb except the turkey. I'm serious. <laughs> but I realized as this little bitty rooster had figured out how to run the chicken yard. I'm serious. He was getting the hens over there and his hens and had the big rooster outside running away. And the bald-headed chickens, he was beating them and plucking them into submission. This is animal kingdom. Everybody understand their place. But the Bible tells us that the birds in the air. The birds in the air know their place. But my people, my people do not know the way of their God. We have to recalibrate. We have to prioritize. It's not about where, whether God has fixed it so you get the outcome you want. When it becomes his outcome, because of what he wants, it changes everything. I've had to repent, and I repent before you today. If I've ever made you feel like what you believe is supreme to God, we are re-identifying some things here. I repent for each one of you. If our thoughts have ever superseded what Jesus wants because our lives have to now come back up. I sacrifice. Look, I'm called and I know it. So calling for me is not just telling people I'm called. I've been in places and people just say to me, what, what, what do you do? I didn't say anything. I've been sending y'all saw what happened when I was with Larry. I'm minding my own business. I see you. I see your authority. I see your weight. I know you don't really need this, but are you following what I'm saying? We have to be in a place where we're not telling people who we are. They see it. Even the sinners see it. When I go home, people just correct. I don't have to ask them to. They just Correct. We have to live like that. When I worked on the job, when I worked because I, um, I was overall department at Georgia Tech, I think I told you, the communications department, and there I was working in my position. I had nobody else's position, but communications people know everything going on. But people getting mad because the people deferring to me, and I'm not the leader. Getting on my nerves. That's not my job. Go ask them. But you know, and I, well, people I liked, I helped. Everybody else kick rocks. Because you, you're trying to trap me. But you have to know you do not define where you are. God does. And we have to be willing to take correction in that direction. I listen to no prophet that is not in the word. Well, anybody really, (laughs) when it comes to advice that's critical. But we have to know where people are sitting. If fellowship is not a priority to you in the community, you say you're a part, everything comes before that, what can I do? We are called to live in the spirit. I'm not going to give out that scripture because we all know it. We carry, out, we carry our heart's alignment with his. Um, we want to give him what he wants and to long for what he wants. And we want to love what he loves and hate what he hates. And I can't believe how I let that scripture go in my own life. And that was one of the first passages he gave me. We have to reacquaint ourselves with what he said from the beginning. If we hope to have a reset. I love this picture because it's a picture of atmosphere. It's a picture of mountains. And in between the mountains, there's a city and we see all these roadways and what can we do? We're, we're up here with God. Well, you know, he's not in this part of heaven. He's with the heaven within. So Romans 14, I don't know if this is going to play, but I'm going to try it. I just want to do this. I love this particular image. Romans 14:1 through 7. Y'all okay? Yes. Receive one who is weak in faith, but not in disputes over doubting. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats. Now, this is a fight over, over the you know, in the old covenant, they were like, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. So in the new covenant, he's saying we don't think like that anymore. So that's the direction I'm going in. Don't, don't worry about that in that way. This is a different conversation now. So he says to them, for God has received him. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. In other words, we have to let God counter-correct us in this thing. For you, he may tell you not to eat, not to eat meat. For you that it, that works right now where you're at, but don't come right here telling me I can't have no state. Are you following me? Because the Lord is not telling me that this is a funny example, but you get the point. So he, so he's not talking about, he's talking rituals. This has nothing to do with Sin. We don't want to make that mess of this scripture. Right? He's talking about, well, you fast 30 days, you go ahead. Do your water fast 40 days. But he didn't tell me to do a 40 day water fast. I mean, I'm just making a point. All right, so let's go. So one person esteems one day above the other. Oh, should I worship on Saturday or should I worship on Sunday? Another esteems every day the same way. That's pretty much me. Let each be fully convinced. What does it say? In his own mind. He who observes the day, observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. Y'all with me? He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat. And he still gives God thanks. Are you you good? Not about sin. This is about law versus spirit. Well, I go to church every Sunday. That means nothing. For no one of us lives, listen, to himself, and no one dies to himself. Say this with me. No, for no one of us, for no, well, for none of us, for none of us, lives to himself, lives to himself. and no one, no one dies, to dies to himself. Does that make sense to you? Because who do we live to? Who do we die to? What's between the pages of your book? We've let too many people turn us from God. 2 Corinthians 3, 1 through 6. And I'm done pretty much. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? For our historical context, people were writing letters saying, "Accept this person because they're this and they're that," and they were skipping over the Spirit. Same thing we do today. These fake doctrines. I'm sorry, but they fake. If you can't get a job with that, it's trash. I'm just saying. You are our epistle. This is Paul. Oh, my God. So he's coming against these people writing letters and saying they're this and that. That's why I brought that example up, because that is the exact context of this. Right? You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. He's saying what needs to be read is your spirit. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ. He said, clearly you are, but I'm just going to remind you that you are. I know you are, but I have to remind you because I just need to do that. So he's like, you're a ladder. You're a ladder. You're, You're a minister to us, written not in ink, but written by the spirit of the living God. Lo, I come in the volume of the book that is written of me. Paul how profound. <laughs> He's just told you the book that, that God has written about you, the Psalm 139, the Psalm 58. All of these scriptures are about what God designed. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. That is the heart. And we have such trust through Christ toward God. Oh, my goodness. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Listen. Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Not going to read that, but listen, we can't do anything else in our lives. We need to go home, spend the rest of the year. We need to go home, you know, for the rest of the year and just really get before God and say, where am I lying to myself? Not who lied to me, because that's easy. We love looking at what people do to us and feeling like it's all unfair, you know, and whining and playing the tiniest violin in the world. But the bottom line is we need to do this hard work. And you know how we have been talking over the last, um, it's been a couple of years now, particularly about um, what's coming. Look, some of us look like this. We look like that pecked up chicken. We cannot go through into 2024 like that because the littlest thing happened. You're going to fall apart. Man, I remember when we got, our first house got foreclosed on and All we had was a U-Haul with all of our stuff in it. No money and nowhere to go. I'm just sharing. Just, just. I didn't panic, but my other family members did. Are you following? I just did what I needed to do. And by that evening, a realtor who loved God said, I'm moving y'all in. Everything's already turned on. Pay me when you can. We drove our little U-Haul, me and my three babies. They were babies, drivers too. And I'm telling you, that's just just the world stuff. Listen, you'll you'll eat. (laughs) You'll get another car. Are you following what I'm saying? But what you can't get back is that restored mind if you live there. And I just know God wants to do more for you. Some of you are wasting days. You're not opening your book. You're trying to do it your way. You're trying to find out the best way. You're thinking too much. And we just need to rest in God in that place and say, God, I give up. I'm a mess. I'm a liar. And I need to get this right before I miss it and I end up reprobate. Before I end up turned around. Before I end up with my hands and my feet in so many holes that I don't know who I am anymore. God is calling us back. We live in a world where we're elevating everything above God. It's funny how you write about stuff that you ain't even living. And I always pride myself on writing things that I live. But when I realized how much humanism had gotten into me, mm -mm, I'm back. Listen, I want you to repeat after me. I come in the volume of the book written for me to do your will, God. I could walk you through repentance, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. It's too easy to get up here and cry. I'm not going to pray for you because I already have. But I'm challenging you today. Look at yourself because you're not where you think you are. And that's hard. It doesn't mean you're less. It means you got to wake up and become into transition and reclaim your place. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just thank you for us being living epistles. I thank you for um, knitting us in secret and having words that, as the prophets speak, we're tapping into the true book. We're tapping into the words that that we can't even remember when everything was perfect. Lord, when we were born into this earth, we probably asked to come. I don't know. But I thank you that we came through. And Father, I thank you that you cause every trial and every circumstance to really work for the good of those that belong to you, that you can see in the book of life. So many books are being removed from shelves. I used to say to people that there's a lot of dreams in the grave. No, there are no dreams in the grave, just dead people. Bones, dead bones. Dry bones. You redistribute what you need to those who are willing. And Father, I thank you that that is true. You say it in your word. May we know that what we don't complete has a timeline on it. And God will go to someone else. We'll be like Solomon. He's the perfect example of that, God. The perfect example of having everything and giving it all up for his own thoughts and his own will. You called him. The only other person in the scripture besides Jesus you call, I will call him and make him my son. And he threw it away. Oh, my God, I've invested too much into what you've given me to throw it away. Oh, my God, you've invested too much to see it wasted. God, may we stand before you righteous and ready ready to fulfill what's in the pages of those books not just talk about them and fantasize over them and talk about what other prophets have said let us be doers of the word and not hearers only father there are some here who needs time redeemed they don't have the time that they had because they've wasted so much of it they've not listened they've not heard They've not heard. They've not listened. So God, (laughs) they have to choose to have the work done. And as we prepare for you know what's coming next weekend. Lord, let us stay in this vein and stay in this posture because 2024 ain't playing with us. And I'm not playing with it. Let us be able to undergird one another with more than words and lies operating through our tongue. Show us ourselves. We don't have to call a buddy and cry. We just need to get delivered at home on the floor, on the pillow. And walk it out. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I just hear this for the conservatory. I hear the Lord saying that we have to be all in in this coming season. All in or all out. All in or all out. That's it. It's not about me. It's not about loving me, which I appreciate and I'm grateful for. But we have a purpose. You got to be all in and coming. You can't be just an alternative to whatever else you're doing. That's not going to be me in 2024. You're going to have to go or figure out what you want to do. This is where we're at because we have things to build and work to do. And if you're treating this ministry like you're treating your life, it's a problem. Because if you're treating your life like we're supposed to treat the word, then we'll know how to serve, know how to be. Some of you, God, can't elevate because you haven't elevated him. Can't nobody send you out as a minister and you break it down every five minutes? Can't nobody do that. You have to be able to withstand every circumstance. Look, I might crack for five minutes, but I'm coming back. (laughs) You know, you might have to have that good cry and pitch that fit, but it's temporary. Because God is in control. And we have to let him be. And you all know already, I don't hold hands, never have, unless it's real. If you really need me. But everything else, you got to put the dirt back in your own grave and climb out as you put it in. That's what God is calling us to right now in the conservatory. Amen. 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 So I'm going to um, open it up for questions, just a few. Just a few, because I don't want to be here late today. If there are any questions or comments, y'all gonna have like two seconds to let me know. Or it's a wrap. Who has a question or comment? Okay. no feedback online? Okay, well, God bless you all. I want to thank you for joining us today, and we will see you, oh, when? December, what? December 3rd? Oh, we'll see you Bible study this Tuesday. This Tuesday, okay. So we'll see you at Bible study this Tuesday. Whoever is teaching, don't move out of this place right here. Okay. Don't let people escape this moment because we're building up for new years. Amen. God bless you all. Good evening. Oh.
1: The question is well, the, the person said that they wanted you to expound on the heaven within. They said that was powerful for them. So could you expound upon the heaven within? Well,
0: script, well, scripturally, can you hear me? Okay. Well, scripturally, just think of it as, you know, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's the most simple way to understand this. But our communion every day is with the Lord within us. I don't believe heaven is a physical location. I believe heaven is wherever God is in that moment. When we dream and God is speaking to us, we've entered a space in the heavenly realm. Does that make sense? So even when you feel the heavy presence of God, that is heaven. God can do in a second what some of us have been waiting for him to do in a lifetime in us. So we have to begin the process of learning what that looks like, And if you're not sure what that looks like, I want to encourage you to worship. And I'll even say worship without music. Begin to access your heavenly language and do that every day as often as you can, not ritualistically, but just in a place of worship. One thing that helps me, I don't know if other people do this as often, but the shower is where I go in. And so that's just big for me. And if it's raining outside, I'll get out of the house and get in the rain because I can feel the spirit praying um and I need to enter in with that so water anything for me and silence so I'll just encourage you to try to cultivate your worship life like that so that you're not dependent on music but if you find yourself only being able to enter to music that's okay also just be mindful of what you're listening to and so um But it's just the Lord within us. It's the Lord within us. If if anyone else has a better explanation or an alternate explanation, I'm open to you sharing.
1: awesome well great teaching today apostle Theresa thank you so much um i just wanted to and this is what i believe is f- exactly for um our house but i'm sure it could touch any house uh nevertheless you said close the holes um and then you spoke about as you're digging your way out um when you said that the lord was revealing to me um that you have to become your own grave digger. Within this house, many of you have been um, put to death by life, by circumstances, um, by situations, and a lot of times by your own mind. But in this particular season, God is looking for you to be your own grave digger because you are under an apostle. She's not a pastor, but she's an apostle and she's literally building. And so therefore her house has builders with that being said before you can walk beside her and be a builder you must be able to build your own life you must be able to excavate your own soul you must be able to build your own house how can you pull an apostle and have nothing to offer to an apostle but yet you want this apostle to go forward but she has to keep looking back you understand that makes no sense It makes absolutely no sense. So what she's saying today, no longer living in ink, what she's revealing to us is that there is a requirement and a mandate on her house. If you're a part of her house, then there's a requirement and a mandate for you to be a grave digger. For you to be able to hear from God concerning your soul, concerning what's going on in your mind, concerning your mental state concerning your lifestyle concerning your relationship with God there's a mandate on you first then you come to your apostle the house has to understand she spoke about it earlier what does it look like there's order in the kingdom are you out of order if you're out of order then you should read your word and get in order And therefore, you won't be crying or sitting on the sideline as he's catapulting your apostle. He's catapulting your apostle is what I'm saying. He's moving your apostle forward. She's moving into destiny and purpose. On purpose. In his timing. What are you doing? I admonish each and every one of you. If you say that you're connected, do not not depend on time. Do not say that you've been with her for 10 years, 5 years, 3 years, 4 years. That is not how God's kingdom is ran. That's a humanistic lie. Don't be confused because you missed your window. Don't be confused because you missed your opportunity. Because what your apostle released today, she released it upon her house. I admonish you to hear, replay, pray, cry, do whatever you have to do to get your soul ready. For the season that is upon us. Because it's bigger than us. It's larger than us. We have suffered, but we must take it back by force. Are you ready? Are you ready, ready? If you're not ready, listen, get ready. Amen, amen.
0: Is there anything else? I'm in complete agreement with that word. Well, you have a all right well thank you guys for joining us this evening we'll see you tuesday night